Welcome to the Kettle Call Podcast. Today we are here to do one more quizzing of the month. I will, I will call Brooke Laytag to join our call. Hello, Brooke. How are you? Hi, Pedro. I'm great. How are you? Really good. Is it a good time for a call? It's always a great time for a cattle call. Really good. Thank you. Let's call Dr. Zin. Hello, Dr. Zin. Good morning, Pedro and Brooke. How are you doing? Doing great. Thank you. Great. So we are heating the summer here in the Imperial Valley. We are getting pretty high temperatures. And today, uh, Brooke has a, a question that's very important for us, especially during the summertime. So, Brooke, what is the question that we have this month? Sure. So uh, something, a question I tend to get quite a bit from people down here and all my other parts of my counties is um, just questions about shade and how beneficial is it and how should they set up the orientation and things like that. So Dr. Zim, could you just talk about the benefits of using shade for cattle production? Sure. Before we talk about shade itself, let me just very briefly explain something that maybe people do not understand. And that is that the metabolizable energy that an animal eats, about 80% of it is actually converted to heat so that the animal then needs to dissipate that heat load. And, and so uh, the ability for the animal to dissipate the heat load going to be influenced by ambient conditions. That would include not just the temperature and humidity, but also solar radiation. The, something that all of us notice when we step out into the sun is the difference between that and if we're standing under a shade. But the, the actual ambient temperature doesn't change, but yet we feel cooler. And the reason for that is because heat load that comes from solar radiation, this this is going to be maximum. The heat load from the from the sun, uh, from radiation, radiant energy, is going to be maximum between 11 and 1 o'clock in, in the day. And uh, but really, we can say that, that it's quite elevated between, let's say, 9 in the morning and uh, maybe around 4 in the afternoon during uh, peak summer months. So this is the time when, when that uh, heat load is significant. And how big is the heat load? Well, it ranges between about 0.5 and 0.8 megacalories per meter square of surface area per hour. So you can see that this, uh, this radiant energy heat load can be a, a burden for the animal and its efforts to dissipate the heat associated with heat intake. So what the animal is going to do is the animal will simply adapt. The animal will eat less feed in order to uh, reduce the amount of metabolizable energy that it has to dissipate. And so this is our problem. And anybody, particularly those in the, in the desert Southwest or in these high, this summer uh, period, will notice uh, a huge drop in feed intake, even with shade. But the problem is exacerbated or becomes worse uh, if shade is not provided. In other words, the drop in, in, intake, in intake will be less. So, Pedro and Brooke, the question then is how much shade? And uh, so everybody realizes that shade is beneficial, but how much shade? And uh, now remembering that shade doesn't overcome the problem of ambient temperature and humidity. So when humidity is high and the ambient temperature is high, the animal still is going to have a large drop in feed intake, even with the amount of shade that we provide. But clearly, clearly, 
the benefits from shade and the amount of shade will depend on the genetic potential of the animal. In other words, if an animal has a, a great genetic potential for growth, in other words, they need to eat a lot of feed in order to, to express that genetic potential. If they have that, then they're going to be more affected by quality of shade than an animal, let's say, that has much lower genetic potential. Other things that affect the animal, of course, would be color. In other words, if the animal has a lighter skin coat, uh, they will be less affected by solar radiation than an animal that has hair coat. And so uh, there's a lot of factors that come into play. So we're going to have to average the idea. Okay. In other words, we're not, we can't just build shade for one animal. We're going to have to consider all the different kinds of animals that are going to be coming into the feedlot and, and different stages. So in general, when we talk about shade construction, we're talking about uh, not just the amount of shade, but actually the orientation of the shade and the type of shade and all these things become important. Now, in terms of generalization, the industry, the industry consideration or generalization is that the animals need about two meters square per animal. That would be a generalization. But actually, uh, that would be a minimum. And there's a lot of research to show that animals will actually benefit by three meters square or three and a half meters square of shade. In other words, it'd be better. And the reason for that, the reason for the greater benefit is because when cattle are under the shade, even still they tend to accumulate. So that it isn't just shade, but it's space. And uh, we've talked about that, Pedro, Brooke, and I, we've talked about this before, about, about how space itself is confounded with the consideration of shade. So it's not just, you know, being protected from the sun, but also the proximity uh, to another animal in the pen. And so we have, uh, uh, we have to consider a little bit more, maybe two meters square might be okay, but we might need more. And that would be especially true with Holstein, like we have mostly Arizona, Southern California, and and uh, perhaps other parts as well. And, and that is that because they uh, produce so much urine uh, and they stand under the shade, then the, the amount of space under the shade becomes even more critical. And you can see this if you visit feedlots that don't take in consideration what I'm talking about here. And you can see the, the amount of mud and so forth under that shade, which also increases the, the heat load for the animal. So we have... Uh, when we talk about shade, we can say, yeah, two meters square is probably adequate if the conditions under the shade are dry. But when we don't have that situation and when the animals are grouping together and we can have mud accumulation, then we need probably three, three and a half meters square of shade per animal to optimize performance. And how much difference might that make? It can make a lot of difference. To make as much as a five to eight percent difference in average shade gain by augmenting that shade. When you think about that, uh, the additional cost of the added shade would be much less expensive than what we might pay for, such, for example, for a feed additive to increase average daily gain by five percent. Yeah. So now that would be the so there's a there's a the consideration of the shade space. Okay. About so I'm saying that. We should try to look towards, uh, if we're building shade, to build it for maybe three, three and a half meters square. Now, let's talk about the shade construction itself. Normally, uh, the recommendation is that shade be at least three meters above the surface. And, and I would say maybe three to 3.7 
meters above the surface. And so obviously the higher you go, the little, it's a little more costly because uh, you need to have stronger posts and so forth to hold the shade because of movement and so forth. But, but uh, there is some benefit to going higher. And I see a lot of feedlots that are building new shade that, that they are going to maybe three and a half uh, meters or more above the surface. The reason for that, the height of the shade, is that there's going to be some heat accumulated under the shade itself. And so uh, the higher the shade is, then the animal is free of that <clears throat> additional heat uh, that accumulates directly beneath the shade. Now, in terms of shade uh, material, my recommendation, generally speaking, is that we use galvanized uh, steel sheeting. Okay, that would be uh, because, why do I say that? Because that material will last forever, let's say, just about. And you know, this is, this is a, for a permanent shade. But also we have the polypropylene woven type shade uh, and material and so forth. They come in different densities. And, and, uh, and then we have knitted shades that, that are thicker, heavier type material. Uh, the problem with those types of shade materials is that uh, they usually don't hold up very long. And, uh, and especially uh, if there's a lot of wind and so forth, um, they can be, I've, the feedlots that use that material, some have had a lot of success, last maybe five years or so, but, but it'd be difficult for that shade material to last much longer than maybe five years, <laughs> in, my, in my experience. Uh, there are things you can do to, to make it uh, have a little bit better longevity, but still, it goes beyond what we're going to use the time we have in this presentation. But, but let's just say that... Uh, those are the two types. The galvanized steel, my recommended, a very common type, and then uh, much less expensive, but uh, also very, very uh, effective shade would be the polypropylene or, or woven type synthetic shade material, uh, greenhouse type material. Uh, now, then the next consideration is the orientation of the shade. So sometimes this is going to be affected by the feedlot design itself. Notice how the pins are oriented. But most feedlots, especially those that are more modern type feedlots, the pin, the, the, the feed alleys are going to be in an orientation north and south. And the reason for that is that the shade then would run along the, the length of the, the manger. And so then you would have the sun, as the sun moves from east to west, the shade would move, and this would make for less mud accumulation underneath the shade, and that's going to be very, very beneficial. Now, um, so my re recommendation is no matter what the pen design is, the shade, if possible, should run in an orientation so that the shade itself will always move with the sun. Now, another thing that's important is the distance of the shade from the manger itself. We do not want the cattle to be lying down in front of the feed box because this will cause other problems that are going to be going to disturb animal performance uh, permanently in the feedlot. So what we want to do is we want the shade material to be at least probably four or five uh, minimum meters away from the uh, uh, feed box. So that would be, those are just some generalizations. I don't know. Uh, you actually just answered my, my question. I was like, we, you covered three main points, the, the size of the shade, the material, and the orientation. Then I was going to ask where to put that shade 
in the pen because I actually got that question this week. If the shade should be closer to the feed bank or a little farther, but I think you just answered about four meters, three to four meters farther from the feed bank. That's that's very important. We don't want all of those animals to be uh, sitting down close to the bank. Well, this and this, the other thing though, and, and something to consider is that most feedlots, what they're going to do is they're going to, uh, especially in our area, they're going to need to water the pens in order to keep the dust down. And so uh, when we when we spray, you know, if the truck goes past along the front of the feed alley, you know, spraying the water, we don't want the, them to be spraying underneath the shade. All right. So what we're going to try to do is have it, you know, a little bit further away. That's why I say like a minimum, maybe four meters or so away from but but that would be a minimum. You want to you want to take that in consideration. You know, as they're moving down, they're going to be spraying to keep the dust down, and uh, and so that would be a consideration. Perfect. Uh, I think it it answered our question. Do you have any question consideration, Brooke? No, he answered all of my questions. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Doctor Zin. Thank you once again for joining us. Thank you for listening to our podcast. I appreciate it. If you have any questions to Dr. Zin, please send a question with the quiz in to kettlecallucd at gmail.com. You can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter in the description of this episode and feel free to call to send us any feedback that you may have. Thank you very much and don't forget, it's always a good time for a kettle call. Thank you. A cowboy is singing this lonesome cattle call.